Legacy Stories is about immigrants knowing that they're not alone. Legacy Stories is about remembering and honoring where we came from. Legacy Stories is about other people learning about us from our stories. Legacy Stories is about healing generational trauma in community to help us dream bigger and live as ourselves. That is Legacy Stories. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Legacy Stories. Maria here, and I have a very special guest today with me. It is Dr. Thing about yourself. Where are you? What are you doing? Basics, something. Hi, everybody. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me here. Uh, I am Dr. Sonia Wright. I am the midlife sex coach for women. I am a medical doctor, a sexual counselor, and a life coach. And I kind of bring those all together. And um, I do coaching for women in midlife. And I also do uh, coaching for women physicians as well. That is quite a bite. <laughs> I love it all. Now, tell me, how are you an immigrant? Ah, how am I an immigrant? This is such a good question. Uh, so I immigrated to this country uh, in 1971. I was relatively young, um, but my background is my parents are from the Caribbean, um, Jamaica and Barbados. And I was born in England. They went to England for further education. And I was born in England. And uh, we left soon after I was born. They had been there for a number of years. And then we immigrated to Canada. And we were there for about six years. And then we immigrated to the States. So I kind of have layers upon layers of immigration, basically. Uh, so I have the Caribbean background and, uh, and also the layers of England and Canada in there as well. That's very fun. I that, that but that must be a lot of fun, like social, different society, different cultures, all of that influencing you. How did that kind of impact you growing up? Yeah, you know, it did impact me in a lot of ways. I felt like I was straddling very several different cultures at the same time uh, because I I'm of African descent, uh, Afro Caribbean, African American. You know, so there's a lot of different uh, cultures. So there would be growing up in America in the mainstream American culture, and then also being an immigrant and being raised uh, with the kind of the Caribbean background, but also being identified and recognized in this country as a person that's African-American. So having to negotiate through at least three different cultures uh, at any one given time. Sounds like a lot of fun. I actually had recently somebody else who was kind of in um, a similar situation. And uh, you said your parents moved to UK for, did they move uh, because they wanted further education? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's always interesting to me because um, <laughs> I'm the one who moved for <laughs> further education. I'm like, hey, what happens to the children of those people? I'm just wondering what I do next. <laughs> <laughs> How do we parent? <laughs> it is fun to, like to being that you're not quite when you're the parents of immigrants that immigrated, right? You're not exactly the first generation that was born and raised in America. So there's many different layers there in terms of um, 
who you are and how you identify yourself. Like you are an immigrant, but then you're also trying to assimilate into this country, but you're also aware that your parents have a certain value system and cultural system that they want you to be raised in. Uh, and then they don't recognize uh, some of the challenges that you have being raised as an immigrant in the United States. And then also if you put the layer on being a person of color in the United States. Uh, so things that they did not have to deal with in terms of discrimination. I mean, obviously they dealt with it when they immigrated to these countries, but they weren't raised where they were um, having to deal with uh, um, discrimination around their race because they were the majority race where they were raised. Uh, and so that having to deal with their children that are, are dealing with racism and, and internal racism and things like that, when they've never had to deal with that, that was also um, a big issue between the generations as well, even though we were both immigrants immigrating to the United States as an adult and immigrating to the United States as a child there are two different things. Yes, and especially I think uh, color does play a role in it. And I've seen it again and again, and it happens a lot also with Hispanic. Um, I've just recently interviewed somebody who researches immigration and she is a fourth generation here, but you know, skin color really plays a big role because you are put into this kind of like box that people already have in their head and you're not that person. So how was it for you being labeled as like, you know, just because of how you look, you're labeled one way and actually you're brought up totally differently. So how, how did that reflect on you? Yeah, sometimes that was very difficult, especially like if I were um, going into a community of African-American people and they would expect me to be and act and have cultural similarities, but I didn't. Then they, then they would ask me, why am I acting differently? Did I think I was better than them? Why did I speak a certain way? Like all those things would come up. Uh, and then the larger American population had a concept of how I should be as uh, being an African-American individual. And when it didn't align with that, then they were like, what exactly is this as well? Um, I at this point in my life and for many years have identified as African-American and I'm very proud of that. I also uh, identify as somebody of, with Caribbean background, you know, and I'm very proud of my culture as well. And I've, I've gotten to a place in my life where I've been able to merge them together and have a better understanding that I get to define who I am and that um, no one group is a monolith, right? We're all different groups, different individuals coming together and there's not one way to be, but uh, going through the process as a child was difficult because I felt like I never fit in anywhere. I didn't fit in the larger American culture. I didn't fit in the African-American culture. I didn't fit in the Caribbean culture because even though I was raised that way, like if I were to go home to where my parents, what my parents considered home, Jamaica or Barbados, I didn't fit in there either. So it was kind of being like I never fit in anywhere, which was always um, something concerning to me. How did, how did you deal with that, that kind of those years that turbulent anyway, kind of hitting puberty and hitting, you, you don't feel like you belong when you're a teenager anyway. And on top of that, actually having those experiences, how, how did that go over for you? Um, yeah, that, that was a difficult period in my life, honestly. I'd have to say that um, I had to come to terms with it and just accept that I was not necessarily going to fit in anywhere. And when I became 
like accepted my uniqueness as as a gift in some ways, then then things were better for me. But when I was trying to fit in uh, and always feeling like I didn't fit in anywhere, that that definitely was trying time for me and very uh, sad time, I would definitely say. I am glad that you kind of managed to untangle that 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 such a big thing at such a young age because then it kind of sets you free to go on in life and do what you really want to do because sometimes if we stay in it I think then it kind of like just gets more and more and more complicated as we get older and older and older yeah I think definitely uh it was a process for me you know and sometimes it rears its head you know sometimes I kind of feel like oh I wish that I fit in and then I'm like you know, we've been here before, Sonia. <laughs> we've we've gotten to that place of like recognizing you don't necessarily fit in, but that, but you don't not fit in, right? So it allows you to actually uh, go in many different environments and groups and and fluidly be able to go from one group to another to another. Because in the process of being an immigrant, you learn skills, right? You learn how to how to um, translate between one one group to another, right? You learn how to, what you need to do in order to be more accepted or to fit in a little bit more in this group. And, and that skill set you keep with you and you can use it in whatever you choose. So as a doctor, I have a way of, of connecting with a lot of different people, a lot of different patients, a lot of different backgrounds. As a life coach, it's also a similar thing, right? Like we connected other the fact that we we're both immigrants, right? And where you came from and where I came from are very different places. But at the same time, we had this commonality where we have this experience of of what it's like to be an immigrant coming to this country. And that's just beautiful, I think. Just kind of like finding these different connections with different people. It just, it, it makes life beautiful. I, I, I like finding those commonalities. And the more people I interview, the more of them I feel like I find. So it's been fun doing all these interviews. Uh, but what I really want to ask you is like, okay, how, what do you love about being brought up by your parents in the, you know, it's kind of like how I'm raising my kids. It feels like, yes, I'm not back home, but, and I'm not raising people, I'm not raising my children like people back home are raising their children now. And I'm raising them more like how I was raised in that time, which is very strange. You feel like you're a little bit stuck in time. Yeah. And I'm always curious, it's like, how was it for you? to be raised almost a little bit like a couple of decades. <laughs> like not even people in Caribbean did that way anymore. Right, so, exactly, yeah. right? So it's kind of like um, my mom was a teenager in the 50s, right? I was born in the mid 70s, 60s, and then like um, become a war aware of things in like the 70s and beyond. So I imagine a child that's being raised in the 70s, but a lot of her um, value system and what she thinks life is about is set in the 50s, right? So you're exactly like I, I, um, I was raised with the like songs like the platters and my mom talking about 
crinoline skirts and being at dances, like things that I didn't necessarily, uh, like I went to the teenage disco things that were going on, not, not to the same things that she went through, but at the same time, um, that is my value system. And then my shock when I would go back to the Caribbean and see what it was actually like now is nothing. I thought it would be like the 1950s still, right? And it, it, it definitely was nothing like that. So um, yes, definitely being raised in, in kind of like time stood still in terms of a value system that was given to you in the present day, which didn't match the reality if you go back to that country. No, it does not. <laughs> and I know I'm doing it. It's like, well, <laughs> it's basically this is what I got. So this is what I'm working with. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, it's so deeply imprinted. I don't know if you find this, that you're doing it with your own kids these days, but it's like, it's so deeply imprinted in you where it's like, I'll say words and I'm like, like, where is this coming from? And then I'm like, oh yes, my mother or my grandmother used to say that. It's like, oh my God, because it's so deep that you don't even realize it's in you. And you say things and I'm like, what are we like last century? What is happening? <laughs> It's so true. Like we have sayings that I'll repeat to my children and they'll just look at me like, what, what was that? You know, <laughs> like I'll say something like hard as rock stone. That was just as hard as rock stone. And they're like, oh, I don't know what you're saying, mom. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it makes it fun. It certainly makes it fun and it confuses the children. So <laughs> One of my favorite ones is what ain't caught you ain't passed you. And you're like, wait, what? What does that, what does that even mean, mom? <laughs> they look at me and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just one of those sayings. And this is, this is what it means now. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of them. And then strangely, I can't translate them into English. Yes. So then it's like even more confusing because it's like, yeah, I, my kids like, Half of the time, I'm like, okay, that's just random things our mother says, whatever. Exactly. I, so. I just laugh at myself because I'm like, that's not, that's not what we're going for here, but okay. okay yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It keeps being transferred and transferred and transferred and circle keeps going. And, you know, now what, you were too young, but what was the difference between kind of England and Canada and U.S. that you remember? Yeah, I don't really remember the difference between England and Canada because I was too young when I when I uh, came from England to Canada. I can definitely tell you the difference for me coming from Canada to the United States where I, I came from uh, a suburb of Toronto is where we lived and it had a big Caribbean community. The majority of people Ooh. that were of African descent at that time were from a Caribbean background. So it was like being raised within the community where I felt like I had an identity in Canada. And when we moved to the States, that Caribbean, there are places that are um, have a lot of Caribbean people in the States, but that's not where I moved to. So I moved to a place where I lost that whole connection and I lost the, the community. Uh, and so that to me was the hardest thing when I moved to the United States was suddenly losing the friends and the family and the value system that I had in Canada that was so, which 
gave me an identity and then just coming to the States and not necessarily having that support system, um, not having any family members really around uh, and kind of having to figure it out on my own. And, uh, and as I mentioned before, not quite fitting in anywhere. Whereas when we immigrated to Canada, we fit in because there was uh, the large com community already there. So that was like the biggest thing um, that I would say. But at the same time, I'm very, very grateful to my parents for uh, us immigrating to the States. Uh, definitely, um, there's a lot more about in being independent and doing it yourself and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, that type of thing that you get in the States. It's like you have to do it for yourself. There's nobody that's going to be there for do it to for you. And so that's something that I, I also got uh, when we moved to the States and just in terms of that level of independence and you have to do for yourself and not expect anybody to help you because there wasn't really anybody around to help. That you, you're, you're taking words out of my mouth. Um, that's what I always tell my niece and my nephew and like, you know, all these nieces, nephews. And I'm like, you guys, you gotta, you gotta do this for yourself. Nobody's gonna come and give it to you. And, uh, you know, I talk to them about college applications and about all of this stuff. And it's like, don't expect the school counselor to be like, oh, it's application time. You guys, chop, chop, chop. It's like, you need to take care of this yourself. And thinking about it back home, we are like very independent as in like oh my god your parents do not go to school past like certain age I don't even think like like seventh or eighth grade is like already like you have nothing to do with your parents unless you're like some major trouble you definitely they're not signing you up for like high school or anything like that you sign yourself up and everything yes so in that sense you're independent but the system kind of guides you so you're kind of, a lot of times here, what I find is that when I moved here, I, I realized that I was doing this job of our, an orientation leader and there were students in like the towns next to the, our, our college that we were at and they did not know anything about how to get into college. It was mostly Hispanic and African-American students. They had no information and it blew my mind. I'm like, I am a foreigner who's here like, a year and I know more than they do because the system doesn't kind of provide it and if you're not in the environment where the adults around you know to push you a little bit and if you're not somebody who's naturally proactive I mean we know many teenagers are not actually naturally proactive and you know you're at that age when you're finicky and on weak feet anyway so not everybody's a go-getter who's gonna go figure it out it's kind of hard that you don't know about these scholarships. You don't know about these things. And it always blew my mind how it's like, oh my goodness. So I keep telling everybody around me, all these kids, it's like, you can do whatever you want, but you need to do it for yourself. Nobody else is going to go out there and like do all these things. Yeah, it's very true. Like um, I, I was lucky enough or unlucky, depending on how you say it, to, to grow up in a small town where I definitely um, was one of the few Black kids in the town. And it, it had its rough moments. You know, there's a lot of um, racial, mm, you know, bullying and things that went on in my school. And so from a relatively young age, I knew I did not want to stay in that community. I knew I had to get out. And I also knew that nobody would really, was never really going to be able to help me. Uh, and so I, I remember probably from my sophomore year of high school, it was time, it was go time, right? And I um, 
while my friends would be roaming around the malls, joking and laughing and things like that, uh, and um, flirting with boys, as an African-American girl in a white community, that I didn't really have opportunities for boyfriends and things like that. Because at that time in the 70s and 80s, it was it was a different place and um, they weren't going to date me. So my whole focus was on getting out of the place, getting away from the um, bullying that was going on and finding a different place in my life. So when my friends were out at the malls having fun, I would be at the mall in the back of the bookstore studying and trying to figure out how do I get to college? Like I would spend hours in the bookstore. I couldn't afford the book to buy, to bring home and, and to learn about um, how to get to college. But every chance that I could, I was researching colleges, figuring out how to do this. And I spent like the two years before it was applying time to college, like just figuring it all out so that when it was time to apply to colleges, I, I did the entire process myself and I, and I got out of that environment, which was not the best environment for me. Um, but it also was the best environment because because of that environment, it may, helped me to become who I am, which is a very independent and determined person. And so um, it's, it's one of those things when you're a child of immigrants, there's also an expectation that your parents worked really hard to get you to this country. And so you have got to do what you need to do in order to succeed because they made a lot of sacrifices in order for you to get to this country. So my job I knew was uh, was to get to college, but I also knew that the people around me didn't know how to do this. Um, and so uh, I would. I was going to be on my own. My guidance counselor. I I don't even remember my guidance counselor in school ever helping me with anything. I think there was this concept that as an African American, I'm not going to go very far, and so I knew that it was going to have to be up to me to to do the work to figure out how to get to college. But it was like a full time obsession for me for you know a long period of time, and I, I never knew like that people studied for the SAT. Um, because people didn't really study for the SAT where I grew up. Uh, you just went and you took the test and it was just an annoying thing that you did. Uh, but I was lucky enough to take the test and to get a good score on it. Just not by luck, but just who I am. But I didn't know that I could study and actually get an even higher score. But it was good enough that um, then colleges started sending me information about their school. And that was also helpful for me uh, in the process of applying and, and uh, eventually going to college. Yeah, that's that's really, really important um, what you're sharing. And I'm wondering, do you think the fact that your parents were somebody who got educated had anything to do with it? Uh, well, I knew that, well, they did get educated, but then when they came to the States, their uh, education that they got in England did not count. They were both nurses. And so they had to go through the whole process again to get their education again. So for them, their focus was mainly on survival, survival, like they worked two and three jobs, menial jobs in order to like make enough money for the family to survive. So even though they had an education, it, it did not put us in a place where we were in a middle class level or something like that, because that education was not counted um, when we got to the state. So we we're definitely mm. very poor growing up. And um, 
and they didn't know they're in a new country. They didn't know the system in England and the system in Canada is for getting into college is very different from the system in the States, right? And the system in Canada and England, I think that you probably have more help along the way. I'm not certain, uh, but in the States, there wasn't anybody and my parents did not know how to navigate it in the States. Okay, because the question that I'm asking is, um, my mom uh, went to like, for for that period in time, my mom was born in 60s and where she lived for the her period in time, it was huge for her to actually end up to going to this like specialized high school for let's say something like accountant to math or, and it was huge because, you know, she grew up in a village and they used their cattle and sold the cattle and send her to, to like high school, to like a bigger city. And just growing up, there was never a question whether you're going to college or not, just because they went and they're familiar with the fact like, yeah, you go because it's kind of better for you. And it was, for me, it was not this, um, it wasn't the same pressure, like a lot of children of immigrants experience, but there was this just kind of like knowing that I'm just going to go. And I, I have a feeling here happens a lot because I worked for many years at university of Chicago, which is kind of an elite school and the children there, I have a feeling they have this same kind of mentality where it's just like, it's not like a question whether you're going to do it or not. You just know you're doing it. You might have to figure out what you want to do or who you want to be. And some kids have more pressure. Some kids have less. But there's just this knowing that this is happening. And I understand you had external pressure because it was like they did all of this and you saw what they were going through. So you knew you had to kind of do it in order to survive. And yeah, there wasn't a knowing that we were going to go to college because my older sister didn't go to college. Uh, she did in her 50s, mm -hmm. but not when, even though my parents went to college, there was not an, an understanding that we were going to go to college it, because they were in a place of survival. They couldn't help us. And so what happened is my sister did not go to college and she chose the military to get out of the small town that we lived in. I'm not a military person. Like I knew that was not gonna be my route. So early on, I made a decision that I was gonna have to figure out how to get to college. Now my children, they know they're going to college. So yes, I hear what you're saying. Like my mm -hmm. children know that, and my son, you know, he just, he graduated not too long ago uh, from Stanford University with his master's, bachelor's and master's. Uh, in four and a half years. So he's always known he was going to go to college. My daughter is 10 and she's already talking about Spelman College. But so, yes, uh, she did. But um, my generation was not assumed that we would go to college. Not at all. Yeah, that that that, that I, I find a lot of different perspectives because sometimes, you know, immigrant parents have like the, the rules that it's like you can be an engineer, doctor, lawyer, you know, all those things, because it's like we either they are educated and they kind of like transferred that onto you. So it's just expected or they have survived so much and they tell you how much they've sacrificed. So you have this pressure that you have to do it because what, what's the point of them moving here and doing all of this, if you're not going to make it right. So there's all these stories, but your story is very interesting because you did it kind of, you, you figured it out for yourself, almost what you wanted to do and the way that you wanted to go. And it's even more powerful because the lessons that you learn are greater. I think when you have that expectations or something, you kind of don't, 
it's not the same kind of a road. We all have our own struggles, but like you're not having that initial struggle of like, how will I do this? Where you were like, okay, well, military is not the case. So this is my option. So how do I do this? And yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, definitely it's a little different. And maybe they assumed uh, that because they were independent people that their children would be and that we would figure it out. Maybe they assumed that that would be the case. Uh, but I think that they didn't realize that growing up in the States is very, very different from growing up in um, Canada or England or the Caribbean. And the system is not there to help you. And that's how you can end up being in a place like uh, the college that you're talking about. We're right next to the college. There's whole generations of people that have never gone to college and have no idea how to do it because you have to be able, you have to be on the inside, right? You have to have an in in and um, people that are going to tell you you're going to go to college and people that will give you the resources. Uh, there isn't really a, a system set up to help you in, in any way to really get to college. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it made me sad many times. And it's like, well, that this is what we, that's what we were doing. We were literally talking to high schoolers and explaining all these things and the fact that they could go. And to many of them, it was this belief. It was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean we can't go? Because you were never kind of, your parents might be talking to you, but when they don't have the base. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. For me, the story switched. I came for college, right? And I got college and I got educated. And then I was there. I was like, this is not it. So now I'm this weird thing where it's like, yes, go to college and kind of maybe even far away from home. And the more diverse, the better. I think it's for everybody. But I also don't think it has to be like it has to be done. And I don't think it's necessarily for everybody. And I don't think it's like it's like things are really changing in the world. So what used to be something that could get you forward in this country, it can almost set you back because of how much you get in debt and then you're actually sometimes leaving you have nothing figured out exactly exactly i 100 percent, right because it costs so much to go through college and it gives you a skill set but it gives you a skill set for a time that has passed like it used to be like for myself when i graduated from college in the 1980s it was relatively easy to get a job and then it, it wasn't that expensive for housing so you could be kind of launched and out in the world and it wasn't that hard you know to get a job get a place to live and then you know eventually buy a house and go on and do those things right now the kids are coming out of college there's not it's not as easy to get the jobs they end up back in their parents house you know they're not launching the same way they did before and they may have two hundred thousand dollars in debt that's a hard place to start right uh and so whereas what we're recognizing for this new world order is that you need to have grit and determination and imagination and creativity and figure out how you're going to make the money and figure out how you're going to start a business or whatever. And there's no job guarantee. Back then, you could like start at a company and work your way up and then work there 30, 40 years and then get the golden whatever handshake and then go into retirement, right? It doesn't work that way now. Like there's you 
are looking, you might start a new job and then you're looking for another job or they're going to fire, you know, there's no, there's no job security like there was before. So uh, college is still training people for the job security world, which no longer exists. Exactly. And, and it's, and it's literally, um, this whole new world is full of the, what, kind of these questions that are, what is my purpose? What is my passion? What is my, and college does not really do any of those questions that, that will guide somebody young into, because I do believe you can graduate with anything and do an amazing job if it is something you're passionate because you're going to make it work. But if you're not even sure what you're getting yourself into when you're getting in it, and then and, and you don't have that passion for it, and you're just like going through the motions, then it's kind of harder. It, it almost makes it, you know, now you have this diploma and it's like, well, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? It's so true. It's so true. A hundred percent. I agree with that. And I just think about like the route, like our parents are, or immigrants, would, they would love their child to be a doctor, right? And so it sounds like a good idea. Uh, but at this point in time, like you have your undergraduate education that could cost you 200,000 and then you have your medical school that could cost you another four another 3 or 400,000 so you could come out uh out of medical school and into your residency where you worked very hard and not making that much amount of money with a large amount of debt like even 4 or $500,000 in debt right plus you've been in school for the last 10 years where somebody that got out of high school and decided to become a truck driver and take the money they made as a truck driver and invest it at the end of the 10 years that it would take you to become a doctor and them to like have 10 years of truck driving they would be in a much better financial position and they they could potentially retire and just live off of their earned in, you know, investments or other things, or maybe take the time to create a business or something like that. And we end up coming out, we're far behind, we have a lot of debt. And, um, and being a doctor right now leads to quite a bit of burnout very quickly, right? So uh, what used to be the, the immigrant dream, it does not necessarily, is not necessarily the best path to send your child down now. But the immigrants don't know this, which is why it's still like a struggle because a lot of immigrant families who are not, you know, who either are stuck in that time loop, kind of frozen in time, and they're still believing the same things. They're thinking they're pushing their children into the best option possible because they want, of course, like all parents, the best thing for their kids. And it's like, but that's not the best thing. And it's, I wanted to be a doctor. I came to US and like, I was like, and I'm so happy I didn't end up. <laughs> like, it was very depressing and it was like a little breakdown when it was happening. But now I'm like, oh, thanks God. <laughs> because it's not what it was. No, not It's at not all. how you think it's going to be. It is a very hard job. It is very controlled. You know, you're doing it. It's yeah. very, I'm surprised how controlled it is. It's like, it's like you, you almost have to write everything you do down and everything has to be approved and everything has to, it's so, so you see so little patience compared to all the administrative things that have to be done that it's yeah. very sad. Yeah. We go into it because we want to help, help our patients. And now we're in this place where we're spending all of our time checking boxes and filling out forms and doing typing. And so we don't have that connection that we thought we were going to be having with our, our patients. So it 
it can be a wonderful job, uh, but that's why I also do physician life coaching because it, it can be a very stressful job and we have some of the highest suicide rates. Uh, and if uh, so, it's something to be aware of uh, that what we think might be the immigrant dream may not necessarily. And so um, it is hard when you say like uh, people come to this country, they have an idea of what they should want for their children. And it seems like it's a good idea and they don't recognize what it, it may actually turn out to be in this country. Right. So, um, yeah, so it's not necessarily, it might be generational with uh, one generation's ideas of what success is and the other generation's ideas as to what they would like to do in this world. Yeah, I I am still on the fence. I'm like, I'm never, I'm not going to tell anybody don't go to college, mm-hmm. but I'm like, you get a scholarship, you're going to go like, uh, you've got some kind of, uh, you know, you got this somehow covered where you're not going to end up dying working to pay this off and not much accomplish much like do you have a passion let's go that way you like doing nails go do that like that's actually an amazing job right yeah (laughs) definitely depending on what you do you can do well you can do anything right and that's what I do love about being here in this country in the United States so I have to say that I'm very blessed and very lucky that my parents made the decision to immigrate to this country so I thank them every day for that Uh, but also now that we're in this country, it's it's kind of like um, allow the immigrants to figure out what is the best choice for them, right? And children of immigrants to figure out what's the best choice for them. And I almost say like, um, teach your children the values you want them to have and then leave them alone. Yeah. Leave yes. them alone because they'll figure it out because you don't know. Right. I like even even I don't know what's best for my children because they are growing up in a hybrid which is my culture, my husband's culture (laughs) and the culture they're going to school with, you know, and all of that. And it's like, I can just teach you the best that I know, what I think is the best. And then you figure it out and there's no other advice. But this has been a wonderful conversation, Sonia. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Do you have any message for our listeners, like kind of like ending notes? Do I have anything? I think that. Um, recognizing that being an immigrant or children of immigrants is kind of part of your superpower. And then you get to decide what you want to do with that gift and never forget that, that it is a gift. And I, I'm always thinking about the people that came before me and my ancestors. And I bring that into the work that I do today. And um, everything that has gone before has gone before for a reason. And you're here right now in this situation with this skill set that you've been given and with this genetic background that you've been getting given. And then just go for it. You get to be your own unique self and you get to take all that and um, give yourself whatever opportunity that you want to and go for it. Thank you. That's a lovely message. (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you everybody for listening and thank you sonia again and i'll talk to you guys next week bye 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 of course we are grateful for all of you who listen so we would like to ask you all can you share us with all of your friends family social media acquaintances we want more people to hear us basically in the next year Love you all. Hear you next time.